0: Hey family,
1: I'm Joanna, and I'm Shannon, and And we're we're just Ordinary ordinary Catholics.
0: In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the joy and laughter that Shannon and I got to share preparing for today's podcast. We ask that you give us your words, Holy Spirit, and open the hearts of all those who will listen today, that they might hear your truth and feel your love. And we ask that you continue to give us everything we need to be your hands and feet. And we thank you for moving in our hearts and drawing us closer to you. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen father and the son and the holy spirit amen so it's kind of a a preface for today's podcast it is definitely more geared for parents and youth ministers or anybody who who works with teenagers teens you're welcome to listen but the topic of today's podcast is actually when teens ask tough questions uh, and just kind of giving our insight as to some Uh, Tips and advice that we can give when teens do ask tough questions. So just kind of a preface before we get started Uh, This is more geared towards parents.
1: Another preface (laughs) Would have to be that we are not professionals We are only speaking from our own experiences in ministry and um, I'm a parent myself So I have been working with teens on and off about uh, 15 years. I have four children. My oldest is 12
0: and I've been working in youth ministry for five years. so I, I don't have any children. <laughs> but that's kind of the the experience that I bring to the table as well. so we're we're not claiming to be professionals. This is not like scientifically psychologically proven advice. This is just our experience with with this question that was asked to us, which is is how do we kind of address uh, when teens ask really tough questions? We actually got the topic for this podcast from a comment that was made on one of our Instagram posts. So we wanted to address it because we thought it was relevant and we thought it could be useful to parents out there that are listening. Let's set up the scene here. Most of the time when a hard question is asked, you're like doing the dishes or folding the laundry, if you're a parent. I know that's when I asked my mom tough things and she was like in the middle of something. When she's not looking at you. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or you know, for me, it'll, it'll be like I'm cleaning up after a youth night is over, and that's when they'll approach me to ask questions. And you feel like, oh my gosh, this is too serious too soon, or they're too young to be asking. My
1: philosophy is that if they're old enough to ask, they're old enough to hear. And if they're not going to get the answer from you, they're going to find it somewhere else.
0: You'd be surprised how young teens are exposed to some serious stuff. And if they're being exposed to or hearing these things, in school or finding them in some rabbit hole of YouTube or online, then we should do our best to try to create a safe space where they can talk about those things and ask those questions. And the internet is a rabbit hole. I have totally fallen prey to this, where I've fallen into a rabbit hole of YouTube videos or Instagram reels, and it's really easy for kids and teens to fall into that as well.
1: Yeah, and it usually starts out pretty innocent I always monitor what my kids are watching on the computer. Our computer is in the kitchen. For a little while, a couple years ago, they were really into megalodons. And they did so much research, so much research. They found this place. It's in Florida. It's called the Devil's Den. It's a cave, that underwater cave. I think
0: I've seen it on Instagram, Um, actually.
1: And they, they were having a great time. And one of my kids clicked on a video that was, I don't even know, computer... Animated, like animated. <laughs> of a demon living in this devil's dead. Oh, that's freaky. Yeah, it gave so my like kids that. nightmares. And all of a sudden, they just. We're not looking at the right thing. That's a very PG example, but it happens a lot. Um, it does. So we have to give
0: kids and teens a place to go and look for information. There's a lot of good places that you can guide your kids to to look for information, like Library Spot or the History Channel has a website. There's a kid's version of Yahoo. There's a kid's version of National Geographic. Fact Monster is a kid's internet website as well. Uh, The USCCB, they actually just got a new website and it looks
1: way better. You love them. (laughs) Which you should. Yeah, I try to encourage my kids to explore and research on their own. It's our jobs as parents or as youth ministers to teach them how and where to get the information. So but that's we, the first step, I think, is to to guide them in the right direction, so that when they do have questions, they know where a good place to look for an answer actually is.
0: Exactly. So they have they they are equipped with the resources to know. Okay, this is a safe place for me to go. Like this is a safe website for me to go and try to seek out this answer. So what happens when they do ask you a direct question that is uncomfortable? You feel like it's you feel
1: serious. You feel like it's too soon. Well the very first thing I do, my biggest conscious effort is to just control my reaction. It's easier during COVID when if I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> uh, that's why I wear a mask, I'm just kidding. But I try really hard, especially for my middle schooler, to not make him regret. Asking me questions in the first place or give away my own feelings and have him jump to conclusions on how I'm going to respond Which would end the conversation before it starts.
0: I think that's Sometimes kids are self-conscious about asking. So if you react in the wrong way They will shut down and never mind never mind and they'll take it back or they you know It ends the conversation like you said before it even begins because some questions that they ask can be embarrassing or can be takes a lot of courage
1: for them to come to you and ask sure if you think about being in school and ask a question and your friends laugh at you for asking the questions or the teacher says i can't believe you don't know how to do this i have been in that position before and yeah uh, anyway Look,
0: it stinks it stinks feeling like dumb for like you asked a, question. a wrong yeah like you asked a, a dumb question. question or a bad question or a wrong
1: question so after remaining perfectly common, straight face emojied and everything. Straight um, face emojied? <laughs> I tried. That's my goal. <laughs> um, before I start answering, I always, always, always ask follow-up questions to get a better context for what is being asked. I'll say, where did you hear that? Or For my 12-year-old, he reads a lot of information in books. Can you spell that for me? Sometimes I've answered the wrong question just based on that. He didn't actually ask me the words I thought he was asking. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Because he, like, said it
0: wrong or Mm -hmm. pronounced it wrong. So you gave him a really long, elaborate answer. And, like, he was like,
1: okay, but wait, what is that? (laughs) Yes. Or I'll ask, what do you think the answer is? And get them talking first.
0: Because sometimes there are context clues. And kids can kind of get a gist of, I think I have a general idea of what this word is or what that means. But I don't necessarily... Know exactly what it's defined as.
1: Or just even why they're asking the question in the first place. You could always kind of get a better feel for what they're actually thinking if you ask follow up questions before you jump to the conclusion.
0: We also don't want to make kids and teens feel uncomfortable, so validating them in that they're asking good questions and you appreciate them coming to you to ask is important too. I always, and it always, Also, gives me another few seconds to kind of compose myself and my reaction, and maybe pray a quick Holy Spirit prayer to get the wisdom to respond. But by like taking a moment to pause and just affirm them, and hey, this, like, I acknowledge that it takes courage to ask this question, and I, I appreciate you coming to me for
1: it. I always give a truthful answer and I answer the direct question. I do not elaborate. I speak in a language that is comfortable for the kids. So when I'm working with the teens, I'm going to be talking a lot different than if my six year old came and asked me a question.
0: Right, because the things that like an 18 year old girl, high schooler would ask me are gonna be way different than a middle school guy would come ask me. You know, They're, they're gonna be so different. So my answers need to range and be appropriate for the audience that I'm addressing.
1: After I answer, I ask, Does that make sense? And I always end my conversation if they say, yeah, that makes sense. I'll ask if they have any more questions. And that will leave the door open for them to think and process through the answer and open them up for more questions. I don't wanna shut anybody down
0: in a similar way to where YouTube is kind of a rabbit hole, or, or Instagram, or Wikipedia, or whatever, is a rabbit hole of information, sometimes it can be like that when you're having a conversation with somebody too, but I think in a, a healthier way, because you can control like what you're responding with. So maybe your answer, they ask you, hey, you said a word in your answer that I don't quite understand, can you define that? Or what about in this situation? And I think it, it can also lead to more questions. More questions.
1: Questions are good. We yeah. just have to be careful with how we answer right. sometimes.
0: And and they do ask hard questions or awkward questions. Particularly in the beginning when I was like first starting in ministry, I was twenty-three years old. Like I don't know how I was equipped to do what I was doing, but <laughs> you know, teens ask hard and awkward and uncomfortable questions and I sometimes will have to say that the the question was unexpected and so I ask for a moment to kind of gather my thoughts and, and think about how I want to respond. And yeah, the awkward silence of kind of composing yourself is uncomfortable, but I have to be honest with
1: how I'm feeling about the conversation as well. I think when you do that, you open yourself up to being humanized. I don't know all the answers, I get uncomfortable sometimes. So to express that to the people that are looking up to you, I think, in my experience, has made it easier for them to come to me again.
0: Yeah, because they understand you might be mom, but you're still human. And, you know, as a a youth minister, it happens all the time where, where teens will ask me things or, Uh, have questions that they're, you know, nervous or afraid to talk to their parents about like their sexuality or what the church teaches on super controversial topics. Sometimes I do need to take that moment of silence to collect my thoughts, say a Holy Spirit prayer, let them know that I need to think about it before I answer. I feel obligated to give the, I'm using air quotes here, correct answer because, you know, if they're asking me as somebody who works for the church, I feel an intense pressure to answer in like the exact way that the church would and the truth is do I wish I had my master's degree in theology? Absolutely. Do I wish I had a doctorate in theology? Absolutely but I don't. I'm just a young woman who loves Jesus and I love these kids and I love his church so if I really don't know the answer to a question that they're asking I'm not going to make it up. I'm not going to make up an answer. Tell them what I think they want to hear, tell them what feels good. But I'm also not ashamed to say, I I don't know the answer. I'm human and and kind of ask them for some grace in that and let them know, hey, I, I think I need to do a little bit more research on this before I have a conversation with you about it.
1: Yeah, I've definitely written questions down and say, I'm going to come to you next week. Please come to youth group next week. I will be here with the answer to this question.
0: And sometimes I think teens bring things up, not necessarily because they want a hardcore answer, but they might just want somebody to listen to them about a situation that's happening in their life. They might not actually be looking for an answer or to solve the problem. So I think there is a fine line between a teen coming to you or a kid coming to you like asking a very specific question about, hey, what does this mean? Or I don't understand this versus them talking to you about something and it's not our jobs to solve you know, all their problems.
1: But that's why I do let them ask a lot of follow-up questions before I even start answering, because I wanna open the space up for them to be able to just talk. A lot of times, the questions that I do end up answering have nothing to do with why they came to me in the first place. Yeah, sometimes
0: you have to dig, like I'll have a teen come and ask me like a question and it kind of seems out of the blue, but if I ask those follow-up questions, you really get to the root of, ah, I see, this has nothing to do with ABC, but you you want to talk about XYZ. Yeah, it's and... almost
1: like solving a mystery sometimes, yes, <laughs> a little detective is. work.
0: It is. And and it's hard because some we get afraid sometimes to bring up things that are too serious or too sensitive. But I think as particularly when it comes to high schoolers, they know more than we give them credit for. Together. Do
1: you remember whenever 13 Reasons Why first came out? Yes. And like the whole youth group binge watched the the show over yes. the weekend.
0: I actually, one of my friends texted me, hey, this new show came out. I think you need to watch it because I think your kids are probably watching it. And I had like no clue and I binged it in a day and was like, Ooh, okay, we have depressing. to talk about this. Yeah,
1: so we decided to talk about the issues on the show. But we were kind of afraid to come right out and say it because it's always scary when you're talking to teens, you don't wanna put ideas. I think that's the the fear of being an adult leader in their life is to put ideas in their their heads or get them to start thinking about something.
0: And for those of you who don't know, 13 Reasons Why is a Netflix show. It was a book, and it's about a high schooler who commits suicide after all of these really horrible things happen to her. We would not recommend watching the show as a middle schooler. I don't even recommend high schoolers watching it. It is very adult in content. Very, very, very. But the truth at the time was that it was so new, and... We found out that everybody had watched
1: it, right. basically. Oh, so well, we kind of were trying to, <laughs> in a roundabout way, ask them what they got from it. And so I think you wrote a bunch of um, questions, like small group questions. questions. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been bullied? or Just kind of trying to pull out examples from the show without saying, we know you watched this show. And there was a girl in my group... And she just looked at me straight in the face and she said, can we just talk about the show? (laughs) And I was, uh, "Uh, sure, if you want to. (laughs) And she, she was very upset by it. And I just let her complain about the way the writing went and the way some of the characters acted towards each other. And I think she got a lot more out of it just to be able to talk about how upsetting it was for her to have watched it rather than try to make up answers to the PG questions that we asked.
0: Which I really commend her for, because here she sits as a high schooler. She's been giving these questions, but she had the courage to say, to recognize, I know what you're talking about, and I have watched the show, and I do want to address exactly what happened in the show. And I've actually been to several, like, mental health, care it's called like mental health first aid training oh, okay put on by the diocese to help equip people who work in ministry and they i i do appreciate everything that we've talked about in those trainings and if that's something that you want to talk about in a future podcast please 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 let us know on the instagram account at an ordinary catholic because i do think it is important to talk about but that is tangential too sorry the, the core of what we're talking about today all that to say teens are exposed to a lot of different things. We can't always control what they're exposed to, but what we can control is we can give them a safe, healthy, and holy space to be able to discuss those really hard topics or ask those really hard questions. And the truth of the matter is, and this this has always kind of bothered me, is when people say, oh the youth are the future of the church, Mm. and that is so wrong because the youth are the church of today. Young people and some of the teens that I work with are bringing their parents to Mass. They're the ones telling their parents, like, we got to go to Mass or I want to go to youth group. And I really, 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 truly believe that these kids and these teens, they're hungry for Christ and giving them a safe space to come and to... Talk about it, whether it's at youth group or creating a safe environment in your home where you can have these really hard conversations. Whether they're about religion or not, everything that we do comes back to the core of who we are, which is Jesus.
1: Saint Pope John Paul II brought young people closer to the church. He founded World Youth Day. I think the first one was in 1986? I don't actually know. 1984? Ask Siri. Hey Siri, when was the
0: first World Youth Day? Here's what I found from wikipedia.org. World Youth Day was initiated by Pope John Paul II in 1985.
1: Oh, I was so close. You were so close. <laughs> I just danced around it. Millions of young people came from all around the world, and he challenged and spoke directly to, literally walked with, youth. He addressed
0: them and empowered
1: them. We have to give them the tools that
0: they need to grow in their faith in a safe and healthy space. And trust Jesus to do the rest. Amen. If you have any tips for how to talk to children or teens,
1: or if you are a teen and we just totally blew this one, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously, please let us know. <laughs> We've been doing it all wrong. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we would love to talk to you
1: more about this, so grab
0: a coffee with us one day, and we will chat some more about it.
1: We'll pray for you.
0: Please pray for us.
1: Don't we'll meet see you in our, our prayers.
0: prayers. Oh, Sorry.
1: One day we'll get it right. <laughs>